I, I, I did the quickest IKEA. If we're talking about this, I did the quickest IKEA build I've ever done yesterday. That oh, was yeah. fun. What'd you get? I bought some. I bought some shelves for the the living room, so yep. I could actually like put my books in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I built I built it in like it was half it was half an episode half an episode of uh, American Barbecue Challenge. So that was like half an hour. <laughs> wait, um, whoa, 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 wait, what? Wait, what? The does that show? Like I got bullied into watching it at work. Um, okay, because there were people there that were talking about it. It's like, oh, you have to watch it. It's garbage, but you have to watch it. Okay. And then I, w- I watched episode one of it, and it's it's the hottest garbage you've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> but I can't, I couldn't look away from it, and I've sure. seen the whole thing. And oh, nice. Okay, it's, it's Bake Off, but for crazy American barbecuists. Okay, and they're all they're, it's, it is a competition of nine people, and I think one of them is a human being. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, this is the Game Engine Star podcast for the 27th of October 2020. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. And this is a special day because for some reason Ewan decided to record a podcast on his birthday. Um, yeah. How the time for some works. crazy reason. You know. Happy birthday, Ewan. But this is a very strange experience. Most people would not do this on their birthday. Luckily, this is probably going to be a short podcast. Yeah, it's also going to be the shortest is... podcast we've ever done, I think, because there's basically like Yeah, two so games. yeah, uh, right, right at the top, this is not going to be as long as we normally do it because there are not many games to talk about and there is no news. So uh, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be very brief, uh, just a quick check-in before next time, which is probably going to be a pretty big one. Um, yeah, next time's going to be there's going to be some stuff, I'm sure. Or not next um, time, it'll be this time after. It'll be the time after next. Well, time pot- potentially next time as well, because not only is there Watch Dogs, which is the big game, a bunch yeah. of uh, outlets now have PlayStation Fives, so I mm. assume there will be some um, coverage, coverage or some news coming out of that as people. When is the get... when is the console release again? Nineteenth. Well, here it's the nineteenth. Um, oh yeah, it's earlier in America. In the well. US, it's the two weeks before that. Right. So okay. yeah, because because the, the Xbox and the PlayStation in the US are two days bef- between each other. Yeah. So, so the thing um, the thing is out not not next week but the week after or the week yeah. after when you hear the rest. But yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll weird. be fun. Huh. Um. Yeah, yeah, it came really quickly, didn't it? That was a weird one. It did. It like we didn't know a lot for so long, and then it all just suddenly happened. Um, yeah. Everybody, everybody was sort of being really cagey about what they wanted to do, and then suddenly all the information was out there within the space <laughs> of like two weeks. Also, then... also here's what it looks like. Also, here's the payment plan. Also, all the pre-orders yeah. are already gone. Also, the yeah. pre-or- the pre-orders are up. Maybe oh, they're all gone. Oh no, yeah. they're up again. Like, what's the? Yeah, it's it's been a strange time. But yeah. like, I have now got to the point I think, where where if Sony came out tomorrow and we're like the second wave of pre-orders is going live tomorrow at nine a.m probably still actually wouldn't pre-order it at this point like no, I, 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 I want one to play with it but i have nothing to play on it so i've had i've had numerous people being like the video game person i've had yeah. numerous people come up to me and be like oh what's the deal with these new consoles and explain everything and they're like oh so when are you gonna get one i was like i'll get one when they have things i want to play on it like there's no reason to get it right now exactly I know there's I'm absolutely like, nothing dude video game or whatever and i need to have this stuff but like i don't really care until totally. i can play it like go to war 2 yeah great sign me up all that stuff but everything else i've got a reasonably powerful computer yeah. and it'll be like there's nothing right there's nothing till like march that isn't also coming out to pc on pc yeah that i can exactly, play better yeah. on pc so why not why not but yeah and like and then, and then it becomes do you buy a new console do you buy one of the new graphics cards because that those 3060s look pretty damn good they do and I was... um yeah i'm still i'm still good on that front but it's a case of yeah like where do, where do you invest your money like are there yeah yeah but um i think it would be vaguely depressing actually to have a ps5 sitting there and having absolutely jack shit to play on it yeah like there's to be something about that yeah like i I want one because i want one but like well yeah yeah. you want one because it's like your primary hobby and you should probably have one as a reason but and and i will be getting more but it's a case of yeah i'll get i'll get i will get a ps5 ps5 eventually like when they give me 
God of War 2 or like something, one of the major marquee things to actually play on it that I can't play somewhere else, then I'll get one. But exactly. Like, um, having it just to have it isn't really that appealing to me anymore. But I am quite... I, I like the fact that you're filling your, your inability to get PS5 with um, YouTube channels of Korean cafes. Oh, um, yeah, that's that that's those are entirely unrelated that's just are they okay that's just the youtube algorithm being weird and being like hey we think you might like this and i'm like what the fuck but yeah that's as it turns out that was that that was a weird one that turns out it's pretty damn good actually turns out the youtube algorithm yeah pretty much nailed it on that front so there's a there's a Um, youtube channel called what's just zoe's cafe is that what it's called zoe I, i think the channel itself is just called zoe's but i think she the series that she does is like zoe's cafe or something like that and it's she works in a cafe a south korean cafe and it's just lovely it's just really nice and calming yeah. and like very soothing vaguely asmr i imagine yeah i was gonna say that it's the effect that i imagine that people who get something from asmr would get out of it of like it's just pleasant to watch and yep. to like it's just a nice environment yeah of watching this lady like cut cakes and make mixed drinks and all this that is just very nice like first time i've ever seen like a, a personal canning machine mm. those cans or something that was else. the th- that was the thing that got me was she has this like branded canning machine that's literally just a wheel that spins other wheels yep. to put like foil cans on stuff and it's amazing it's so good i, I ended up in a rabbit hole of finding the, that machine and like I, I found it, oh, really? it, is, it is for sale for you could have one of your own for the small price of two and a half thousand pounds fucking um, hell really yeah. for like three wheels that spin yes yeah. i mean I, wow. it, like it's pretty niche and also it's it seems reasonably well made and also it's a korean company oh yeah it, sure so um ah, okay that, that one in particular sense. um but yeah the conversion price is about two and a half thousand for a personal canning machine if you ever want to personally can things yeah if you ever want to do that I, you know, I don't know who the hell would want to do that except for cafe owners in Korea, but that's... Exactly. The can, the cans are really nice, though. They're, They're really, really nice, cans, yep. But, yeah. They're very nice. Um, so, yeah, so what have you been up to? What have you been, what have you been playing to keep yourself... Um, I, I really, I just play a lot of Hades. Like, that's... Yep. I, I, so I did, I did, the, I did the, the, the Destiny 2 Halloween thing that we talked about last time. Yes. I did, I did that. I Was got it worth it? the lens... I don't know. I don't know what it does yet. Oh yes, no idea. The lens thing, right? Okay. Yeah, yep. I, it might be worth it. I've got no idea. <laughs> when they tell me what it does, I'll find out if it's worth it or not. Um, You'll find out at some point. I have it. I have it just in case something happens. <laughs> cool. Um, so that yeah. was like that was like the last time I played that game was I did all that stuff and then was like, right, I've no longer got a reason to play Destiny until the expansion <laughs> comes out, so I just stopped. Um, um, speaking of Hades, I was, I am now at the pivotal point where I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm not learning anything anymore and it's just a case of throwing myself against it until I push forward. Like, I now got... I've got to the I point where throw, I'm... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's throwing yourself against it. It's you being good enough. Like, that is... The... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not learning anything anymore and I'm... Yes, I'm getting more powerful, but it's a case of at what point do I go... I'm just not... I'm just missing something here or this is just a skill barrier or something like that. Like, I'm relatively... Apart from that, the, the run I talked about on here when that game first came out, where I just stormed through to the third act. Um, yeah. I've got to the third act now once or twice, like just actually putting the work in and, and getting through it all. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... it's it's I'm, I'm basically getting down to the point of like, do I switch on God mode to see where this game goes and then switch it back I mean, off I don't, the, the, There was a really long... Well, the, so this is the problem, right? Is that... There was a really long article I read about someone saying that God mode, God mode in Hades isn't a bad thing, and I totally agree with them. Yeah, like, yeah. The, totally. the putting God mode on doesn't really... It lets you see other aspects of that game, like the writing and the story and all that stuff, which is which, very, very, very good. We should probably say, actually, um, like God mode is not like what traditionally is called God mode. Like It's just a, it's no. just an easier difficulty level, basically. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficulty option in Hades that basically says every time you die, you get a stacking damage reduction yeah. buff that gets higher and higher until you beat the final boss and then yep. you can keep going with it yep. um but yeah it lets you see the stuff that other people would care about in that game that aren't just raw playing the mechanics of that game which are fantastic but then oh, there's yeah, this other sure. writing character work aspect the thing of it is is not you turn you you with the sentence you just said of turn on god mode just to power through it 
you can power through it and beat the last boss, but there is so much after it. That's what I'm like, saying. Like, I want, I want to see because we're getting to the point now where normally with this kind of stuff, there's like a bell curve of um, uh, people not talking about it. So obviously, like, yeah. I, I knew there was going to be a thing. And I knew that I knew there was a thing that happens when you finish it because by the nature of it, there's mm-hmm. gonna be something after the end boss that keeps you playing it if it's a roguelike. And there's definitely like yeah. a, there's definitely a period of time where people are like, the thing after it's very cool, but I'm obviously not gonna talk about it. We're starting to get to the point where people are starting to like allude to it. So I'm getting yeah. I'm gonna get to the point where like I wanna see it for myself before it gets spoiled for me. Just like well, in day to day like So this is the thing. There there are like four or five or six potential things they could be talking about so i don't actually know oh, what really? it is that they're yeah because okay. that the 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 hades like storyline and character stuff is like an iceberg where the when you look at it at the surface which is like your first few runs before you beat the final boss you can see that there's like writing and there's characters and stuff there but once you get past your like first full clear and you see the rest of it there is so much more to it that okay. is like under the surface that you can't even see until you've beat the final boss. Like Fair that enough. is, which is which is why I say like the the, the sentence of like turn on God mode just to power through it doesn't apply to this game. Yeah, because if you turn on God mode to power through it for that first run, there's so much after it that is going to be like. Obviously, you can keep on God mode for that as well. That's mm. also fine, but it's not like a kind of like oh I saw the end. That's fine and okay. that's it. There's like a it, lot more to it. It's not. It, there is a lot you can put into it because I've okay. played that game for like God, how long now? Like fifty something hours. I don't right. know what it is. Yeah, forty-five hours. It's, de- and, it's, um, def- it's definitely become that thing where I'm like, I'm putting in like an hour a day, an hour a night to mm. be like, I'll just do a couple of runs and just try and see if I can get, see if I can get through it. Yeah. Um, I'm but definitely. It is, it, but it is. There's a lot to it. There is cool. a lot to it. I definitely had the. I had the, the great moment as well where um, I'm primarily playing with the uh the gun i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head exegriff um, um and kind of exploring all the different paths for that and one of the boons you get from the the thingy's hammer like the, the one that actually modifies the weapon daedalus's hammer daedalus's hammer i was primarily using the like three round burst but you don't have to reload thing which mm-hmm. which which worked pretty well for the way i was playing that game um and again, like just to show, it shows how smart the design of this game is. Where the thing we talked about already, where you get like the the oh god, the names of the th- stuff in this game, the 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 list of tasks that you do that you get rewards for that sits in your house. Fated list of minor prophecies. Thank you. Yes, that one. <laughs> um, there's a there's a section in there per weapon for like once yeah. you've added all, once you've tried all of the boons for a weapon, um, you get a bonus. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I should actually explore some of the other boons for this. I've been using the same one for the whole time. And one of the ones I kept seeing that I was like, well, oh, I'm never going to pick that is the one that like the secondary fire on Exegriff is like a mortar that has an explosive range on it. And there's one that does like one of the boons is the explosive does 500% damage, but it can kill you. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, oh, that seems like a nightmare considering some of those tight stages. But like, you know what? I'll, I'll do it once for a run. I'll cross it off my list. I'll be fine one of the best runs I've ever done with that thing. Yeah. Because you start to... Having, having having 500% damage on anything is really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, and, and like, it just, especially when you combine it with... Because immediately after that, I got one of the Hermes boons that gives you an extra dash as well. So I was like, okay, I can actually like aim this thing and get the fuck out of there pretty quickly. Um, and I was just, I was doing so much. I was doing so well in that run. It's really... Mm-hmm. Because also it slows down the arc slightly as well, so you do have to kind of forward plan a little bit. But it was, yeah, it was it was one of those ones. Where it was like I would never have picked this unless I was not forced to, but like encouraged to try the other ones, and then be like, oh, actually, this is super good in these specific uses. Um, yeah, they get they get the game is really good at like like making you pick stuff that you normally wouldn't, and keeping it. And of course, with that, especially with that fate and list and stuff like that. Yeah. But. And, it's, and it, of course, that was the run. That was the run where um, the fate I got at the end of Act One was um, the one where, like, as it as it progresses, the stage gets smaller and smaller. So it got to the point where I was like, "Well, I can't actually use this in this fight at this point because I will just eliminate myself." Um, yeah, game yeah. continues to be super smart and very surprising. Like again, it's- like. I the last you, couple you of runs, don't I don't even got, know the half of it. I know, like, and that's that why game... I'm, I'm excited about it. 
Yeah, that like I, 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 I played like stuff that I get. The stuff that that game does after you do your like after you beat the first boss, uh, the first thing you beat the final boss, and then also after the credits roll, like it just keeps building on stuff. It's yeah. it's unbelievable what that game can do. So I'm like 11 hours into it, and I, the last couple of runs I did was the first time I met um, Thanatos as well. It's like here's a whole oh, new character yeah. that is like yep. developed and has a whole cool backstory and has a whole new mechanic in the the world and there's just so much stuff in that game it's unbelievable it really is yep mm-hmm. um yeah Hades is cool sorry I did, I did with Zero Hundred yeah Hades, no I I'm always I like talking <laughs> about Hades it's an amazing game yep uh, but the game that I I picked up because it was on sale and I watched. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers talk about it um, was a game called Endless Space Two. Uh, oh yeah, it was on it was on sale, and all like nearly all the DLC was on sale for like fifteen quid or something like that. So I picked it up. Um, it is a four X game. Um, I talked a while ago now. I can't remember when about a game called Endless Legends. Yes, which is the same developer, and it's the same right. It universe is the same developer. Well. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's the same universe. So all the Endless games are in one contiguous universe mm-hmm. it's really strange so there's like there's like dungeon of the endless which is a dungeon crawler which leads into endless legends which leads into endless space right and they're all the same thing because they all have the same sort of systems and terminology and even factions so like endless legends was a 4x game in the space and the style of like civilization so it was all oh, on sure. one planet yeah it was on one planet you had your faction that you would build up cities and the usual sort of thing that you would do for a civilization style 4x game mm-hmm Endless space does it more on a grander scale. So instead of you taking over one planet, you're taking over like systems, like whole systems. Yeah. Um, so it is a much grander scale than Legends. And it also implements a bunch of different um, systems into the, the Forex universe that uh, I've seen takes on it before but this is a kind of really interesting one where the the unique things that it does are there's there there are things from like the dlc pack so there's like a whole hacking thing that came out of one of the dlc packs that is about there's this whole extra meta layer on top of the the galaxy map that is like a hacking roots style thing so you can like make nodes in your galaxy space that will give you further reach in the hacking space that lets you then hack people like other civilizations to like steal tech or do things or manipulate mm-hmm. them in other ways but they can also like backtrace the hack to figure out who did it for them and obviously that right. impacts on the political thing so this whole added thing that i thought was really interesting but the thing that is that kind of stood out to me is that the most interesting thing well there's a couple of things but the one that stood out to me is that um there's a lot of focus on politics in okay. this game not not usual politics that you would see in a 4x game where it's just like you're talking to our person saying oh yeah i'll give you like six wood if you give me three diamonds or whatever it's mm. actual societal politics within your empire oh. um so you you can as you like research stuff um and you find things in the universe your so your your empire has like a predisposition as to their political leaning so whether they are like they lean more scientific or they lean more industrial or they lean more militaristic or any of these sort of things that will give you like a bent over what, how your empire is like supposed to act. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you do things in the world, you will get research and you will get uh, events in the world that will present you with a choice that will then impact the political disposition of your empire. So that like, you can do a thing. The one that I I find a lot is you find a meteor traveling through your empire and when you scan it you find out it has um like the remnants of like a dead civilization living on it like alien tech and like a whole civilization and you can the options are like to either blow it up which puts you down a more militaristic route mm-hmm. there is research the stuff which puts you down a scientific route or there is leave it alone which puts you down a religious route oh, okay. and so as you, so as you start doing things the sort of political landscape of your empire starts changing until you get to election time when all of the planets that you colonize all uh vote for delegates and how they vote is dependent on like the general political leaning of your empire so if you have like eight delegates and you have say 75 percent leaning towards science it's like 
going to come out of the election that like there's like six science delegates and then maybe two of other things mm-hmm. that come out of it. And that impacts the sort of laws you can pass that are like sort of empire sweeping um, changes to how things will work in your empire. But right. cost influence, which is one of your resources, right. but it is like a... So if you have a like ecological bent, you can put in a law that says that um, you're going to focus more on growth, which will give you more food, but at gotcha. the expense of like, say, money or something like that. Right, right, right. So it is... It is this really interesting thing, this other extra layer of like you have to worry about the, not only the politics of what your empire is, but also how the choices you make will impact the kind of political milieu that is in your empire. Sure, that makes about sense. How that will then that will then affect the laws that you can pass and how you want it. It's this really interesting sort of meta layer that I've not really seen done in a 4X game before. I was going to say, is that, that sounds um, like, it sounds like, it sounds like they've taken some stuff from other types of those games and refine them into their own system like it's it, yeah like, it's not it's not an unknown idea but the, the implementation no 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 not at all but it is yeah it's it's done to a like higher degree to where there's a lot more there are more systems in it and there's a lot more tying together of other systems into it because obviously right. if you change the, the politics of your empire how that empire plays in the world is going to change yeah and like what they care about is going to change right um so that that's all really interesting, and there's a bunch of stuff like that in the game. But the other interesting thing is that, which is, I think I was also interested in with uh, Endless Legend, was the the variance in the sort of empires that you can pick. So it's not like it's kind of it, it, it's not like as easy as like a Civ game where it's like I'm India or I'm the Americas or whatever. It's this sort of like grand sci-fi thing. So it goes from like the Empire of Man, who are very like expansionist industrial get things done expand across the stars and build stuff sort of people as you'd expect from humanity sure but then and then it goes into like slightly more sci-fi things of like there are these little like insectoid alien people that are really they really just care about like science they they they, they, that's their entire focus is they just want to study stuff and they don't really care about like war or anything like that Mm -hmm. but which is a, a bit interesting but then you swing in the other direction where there are a race of like sentient spacefaring trees that right that they, they they don't they don't colonize other planets like most people you have like a colony ship that you would send to a planet to like make a new settlement on it yeah yeah they don't do that they have a home planet that is a big forest and they grow roots out of the planet to other planets oh that, then hook onto the planet and make the trees grow on that planet and that's how they colonize other areas right so it's you're slower but you are you're slower at expansion but once you're expanded you're way more secure because everything is like literally rooted together so it's it's really hard to like rip the trees from the planet um there is so that that's really interesting and it's not like a it's really unique like you've not seen that sort of thing in a 4x game before because yeah, totally. because they have this added layer of like it's sci-fi we could kind of do whatever we want mm-hmm. even other sci-fi 4x games still kind of keep it very um traditional where it's just kind of like variants of the same thing this kind of goes no we're gonna blow this out and do crazy shit whereas like so there's like sentient trees there is a race that is like sentient a race of like sentient gases that have managed to exist purely through the hacking network. Right. So they are there not as they they are there as an empire purely in name only. They exist kind of everywhere in this kind of ethereal hacking cloud. That do they do they not have a physical you, presence? Is that so I've not played as them yet, so I don't know. I've only right. seen them and the only time that I've seen them is when they're in the hacking network and they just sort of start talking to you. Right. right. Um so I don't even know if they have a planet or not. Huh. So there's that there is this bizarre race of the of dimension hoppers that are they've they are from a completely different dimension that they have escaped from because their dimension is currently being overwrought by a self-replicating virus okay. so the only way that they could find to not die was to load up a giant colony ship and send it through a wormhole that leads them into this universe and they get to this universe and find like humans and sentient trees and like 
a bunch of other shit. There are like bird people that are also samurais and stuff like that, and think this is awful. Like <laughs> everybody here is so primitive. Like, why do they care about like all like this food and this wood and all this stuff that's on these planets? We are so far above this. So they are the most egotistical crazy like zealous race that is just about like <laughs> you guys all fucking suck and <laughs> we are just gonna we are just gonna take over the world and like do do this our way because we're way better than this but which the, is the teenager race fantastic yeah which is awesome but it's not even like teenagers where it's just about being petulant is that they're from a dimension that is entirely just like energy and information sharing and everybody's networked together and it's all great Right. And then this virus happened and they had to fuck off. So they come here and they're like, what the fuck is all that? Why do you care about all this stuff? It's brilliant. It's really well written. Nice. Um, that sounds my cool. Favorite, so my, my favorite race that I, I, I really want to talk about, which is great, is um, this race called Horatio, which yep. doesn't sound like a race. And you'd be right because Horatio is a an empire entirely devoted or entirely devoted to and made up of Horatio. And Horatio is a guy who's like a super billionaire that was like the most vain person in the universe, like cared about himself and his looks and his status, and that was it. Uh So he found the only way that he would ever want to continue his lineage would be to clone himself. So he developed so he developed a massive colonizable ship that is a giant cloning facility so his entire race is made up of himself all all of the all the people of his empire are horatio is this and they are just horatio is this were they in the previous game i've definitely heard this before so it's very similar to a race that is in twilight imperium ah maybe that's why i know it um the the brotherhood of zen or whatever it is i can't remember who they are right it's slightly different because in the TI one, it's like the guy was dying and so wanted to clone himself to try and survive long enough to find a cure for his virus. Gotcha. This is literally just egotism. Right. Where it is, he's doing it because he thinks he's the best. Right. And he wants to be the best. So his special thing is gene splicing. So when he when he finds other races, because there are like minor factions in the game that colonize planets that you can sort of like entice to join your empire through being Mm. nice to them so what horatio can do is entice these people to join him and when they join horatio he takes their gene code finds the the good bits of their genes and splices them into horatio so the new lines of horatio have all these new genes in them that make them way better but they are still horatio and it's it's so weird and it's such a cool concept yeah it's very cool and every time you talk to him, he talks in the third person because, of course, he does. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. never dresses himself as I. He dresses himself as Horatio because right. the whole race is Horatio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you can see the variance in this sort of game design that is, like, out there craziness of we're just going to make these races that are mental. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate. It's, it's cool. And, like, the game, the style of the game is really cool. Like, all the characters, it's not... 3D modeled, it's like animated drawings, but the yes. drawings are all really nice and detailed and the art's really cool. Yeah, Steam um, keeps recommending that game to me and I've seen some of the trailers and some of the, the stuff that the artwork specifically looks really, really nice. Yeah, it's really well styled. Um I would it, it's it is it is a quite a complicated 4X game, especially at this point where you're playing it with like four or five DLC packs on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot to it and a lot to get your head around. But if you get around it, it is a really good 4X game. And it is, it's really unique because it has all these different empires that are super unique and all these really di- like unique systems that are there that aren't in other 4X games. It's a how, really cool How, how good thing. is the, the tutorialization of that game? It's, so so there, is, there is a specific tutorial mode that is basically like a... They give you the humans, which are like one of the most basic races, and a little like guide that will basically anytime you do anything they'll be like this is what this is this is what this is here's how this works and it is like so it'll give you a lot of tutorializing up front and then it'll say okay here's your first quest go and do that and it it then sort of like lets go of your hand a little bit where it's like it lets you kind of find out on your own how you go about doing that quest but 
every time that you try to do something, it'll, the guy will come back and be like, oh, you're trying to do this. This is what this means. Like it is, hey, you've opened up this menu. This is the Empire menu. If you look here, this is what this means. So right. it does it in a... I can't, it, it, it tells you all the basics up front, but then kind of lets you try and figure it out yourself and then kind of comes over every so often and be like, hey, this is what this means, just so you know, gotcha. and then backs off a bit again. Gotcha, but it gotcha. basically gives you a very small scale game to try and play and win as a tutorial gotcha. and then we'll say okay you you can start your own game at this point and then you could pick from all the like crazy races and stuff like that Makes sense. um but cool. yeah it's a super cool little thing i would recommend it it's very expensive if you don't buy it on sale i'll sell that much oh because um, it's got all the dlc packs together because yeah so if you can get it on sale all the dlc packs together are like 16 quid or something like that like the game and all the DLCs are like sixteen quid, which is great. Like if you can get this thing for that price, it's awesome. Other if it's not that, it's closer to like sixty, which is a lot of money. Um, Endless space so two definitely... digital deluxe edition is currently so the base game is thirty four ninety nine. Oh geez, okay, it's way more expensive than I thought it was. The ba- yeah, the digital deluxe edition thirty four ninety nine. The bundle with all of the DLC. Oh, there's two. Okay, so there's the starter pack, which the bundle with five items which looks like the base game and five four dlc packs is 40 and then eight dlc packs sorry the base game and seven dlc packs is just under 70 quid so yeah that that would be the one the one that's like the collection that has all the dlc in it yeah would be the one i would get because that's okay. just basically the most complete game but it is a lot like i said it's a lot of money so i'll definitely wait for a sale yeah totally. but it is it is worth it like if if you like 4x games or you just like weird cool space lore because there's a lot of like in-depth stuff that you can learn about all these different races um it's a really cool game for that and it's really well styled and it's got a unique look and a bunch of really unique mechanics behind it yeah um so i definitely recommend it for people if you want to play a cool different 4x game it definitely Um, looks really nice yeah yeah but that's kind of that's kind of the the only games i've really been playing i'm kind of sitting here waiting for watchdogs and beyond light Um, at this point yeah, so for me, obviously, plugging away at Hades, talked about that. Um, the yep. new rundown for GTFO came out mm-hmm. the week mm-hmm. before you're hearing this. Um, it's an interesting one as well. Like, Obviously, it's been a while since um, since the third one rolled out. Um, so the fourth one, not only is it like a new... So for people who haven't who, who have missed this talk about this, GTFO is it's a first-person, four-player co-op, first-person kind of horror shooter thing. Um with a focus on teamwork and difficulty, basically. Like, it's a very hard game as well. Um, but the way it's structured was always interesting, where they would do, they, they organise um, the levels as rundowns, is the technical term they use for it. Yeah. Which is basically like a collection of, like, I think it's been, like, eight, nine, or ten levels structured as, like, a... Like, you're descending into a, into a lab of some kind. So, like, you'll start with the first layer, which will have a couple of levels, and then once you've done that... Once you've completed all the first layer, it'll open up the second layer and you can do that until it's A, B, C, D, usually. For the, yeah. fourth, for the fourth rundown, they've changed that up slightly, which was a good thing. So what happened, what used to happen with the group that I played with is, especially the last rundown, we got stuck on B for a long time, where we got um, the first two levels done and the third level just kept kept trying and kept throwing ourselves against it just couldn't get it so we unlocked c like right at the end of the last rundown um so what they've done this time is interesting where so they've obviously seen this as a problem um and again it shows like they're being very very responsive and watching people play this um the thing they're doing this time is it's basically it's kind of a token system for unlocking levels so when you start the rundown, oh, the other thing about the rundowns as well is once a new rundown comes out, the old rundown goes away and never comes back. Yeah, it's not like it's always always there. Um, it's kind of the when I was when I was in the process of like looking at it when you said mm-hmm. you didn't have a fourth because I was gonna I was gonna jump in on it if you guys didn't get a fourth. Yeah, um, I need to get back to you about that. Actually, it may may still be happening. I was gonna say, to. You, you you don't have a lot of time because the sale's gonna run out. Um, okay. But the uh, I watched the video that was like. Uh, one, I forgot this was made by the same people that made Payday. Yes, or like Payday two people. Payday people. Yeah, because it was Simon. It was Simon Vickland doing mm-hmm. the over, the, the talking over thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the fucking composer guy from yeah. Payday. That He's like really one of the heads good. of the yeah. studio. Yeah. And listening to him talk about it was like, yeah, the way they designed it to keep it fresh is like they never want to go back to rundowns. They always want to like do a new rundown that will have 
new mechanics that will kind of change up how the game's played and yeah. like do different things at different times, which is how they can keep that game different without yeah. massive DLC packs or whatever like that to be like, hey, here's this new thing. And it also it's means just, can, like every they, time there's a new rundown. And it means that every time they put out a new rundown, they're allowed to rebalance all the old stuff for the new stuff they've added. So like and every new rundown has like new enemies, new weapons, new mechanics, all of that kind of stuff in there. So so the the new thing they've done about difficulty is so you start with um so you start with A unlocked and for rundown four it's there's two levels on the A on the A layer. Um when you get into the game, there's a new a building a construction in the in the level at some point, which is basically the bulkhead hub. And in the game you'll find a bulkhead key, which will unlock the bulkhead hub, and basically when you unlock that bulkhead hub, it will do it will show you two um, objectives basically there's like the main objective and then there's an optional objective and the main objective has a, has the main difficulty and the optional objective is like to to, to show what they're, they're pushing for this like the main dif- the main objectives are classified as hard and then it gets up from there so it's mm. like hard extreme oh yeah the game's not easy like that yeah. Is, yeah so it starts so the main objectives are hard and then the extra difficult levels are extreme overload and i haven't even seen the fourth one yet so yeah. um so if you do the main objective, which we we did, like I mean we've played a lot of this game at this point, but we we finished the main the A sections relatively easily. Like we kind of knew what we we're doing. I think it only took us one run each. Um, and then for every uh, objective you complete at that level, you get a token of that level. And then it will say yeah. when you go to the rundown menu, it'll, the layer B will have you need two hard tokens to unlock the next level and then for c yeah. you need four hard tokens and one extreme token and then for d you need six ah, and... okay right so you do have to go back and replay levels but the way they've built it that's that doesn't that's not boring right like obviously there's a lot of like well, the, le- the levels aren't the levels aren't like the same every time you go to them as well right is it not they're, like procedural level not, generation or something they're not procedural but the item placement the enemy placement and right. the objective okay. placement is different. Sure. Um, every so time. yeah, that's that's one way to keep it fresh. Totally. Then, but also like, especially in like that, like the second A level we did when we found the bulkhead thing and found okay, that's the optional one. We're not in a good place. We're not going to do the optional one this time. Um, that's a whole half the map we haven't seen yet. Like it's literally behind a bulkhead, mm-hmm. so we have no idea what's through there. So when we go back and do A to get the next token, we we can get through there. Um. Obviously, don't want to talk about spoilers for the rundown because half of it is like not knowing anything going in. But like, when we finished A relatively easily, and we're like, I wonder if they just pared down the difficulty like stupendously throughout this whole thing. And then we started B and just got it was the most harrowing experience we've had in that game in a long time. Where they were just like, what, okay, you get, you get too cocky, and then you just got absolutely murdered. Was well, that the... I, th- I think we just thought that they were softballing the start so that you would then go on and do the hard levels. And then they were like, right. by the way, here's like three of the mechanics from previous rundowns in one area. And you're just like, oh, oh shit. Okay, how do we manage? Because we've managed all of these things individually. So now as a team, how do we manage when all three of them happen at once? When you're like, okay, we've got to deal with dark, we've got to deal with poison, and we've got to deal with infection and we've got to deal with a specific type of creature that requires some specific dealing with and you're just like mm-hmm. it's like at all the time you're trying to do the, and then on top of that you're trying to do the actual objective which is just like oh fuck okay we need this terminal we need to put this thing in this terminal and then get this thing in this generator and where's everyone and why are you over there get over here we need to, it's just it's an it's it's so stressful but it is so the <laughs> Is this a spoiler? I'll probably not talk about it. But like, we failed. The last level we failed the last time we played was so... It was... It was depressing, but in a really good way where it was just like... It was like this proper sci-fi movie ending of like, we need to go now. And we just sprinted for the exit. And we lost someone on the way there. And like, it was just... It was literally ripped out of a movie where the guy who went down was like, just go, just go, just leave me, just leave me. And we just sprinted out of the thing, got to the, the final, one of the bulkheads near where the end, and we hit the button and it's like, security scan requires 14 members. And you're like, oh shit. Nice. And we had to go back and try and pull them up. And we were like two people defending while one people got them up. We dropped turrets and it was excellent. That game is absolutely amazing. 
Um, and yeah, it's just it's so good, and I'm glad to see it. It continues to be. They're definitely keeping that game it's, fresh. They're definitely keeping that game. I've fresh. heard. I've, I've heard more than one person talk about the game, and every single time they talk about it, they're like, "Oh yeah, there's the 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 way that that works with the whole rundown thing just." It's always interesting. Like you never go into a new rundown and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like it's super dull or so, like, whatever. Like, like, for, all... like, for, like this is the this is the closest I get regularly to like, yo, there's new Destiny raid or something that oh, you yeah. want, or... something you want to go into, which is like we want we don't want anything spoiled. We just want to go in and learn it on our own. Oh, dude, I'm so fucking terrified for that new Destiny raid. Oh my yeah, god, bet a bet. Like everything... it's, it's not even like I'm not scared of doing the raid for the first time or whatever because that's fine i have i now have a group sorry this is just gonna interrupt mm. whatever it is i hope, I hope you were done, I'm done. no that's i'm done i'm fine yeah that's the game's good um, people should look at it yeah i i i do want to see it because the way that you talk about it makes it sound really interesting but i don't want to do that without a group of like three other people that can be there totally. I, I, uh, I, I genuinely think you should pick it up and we can definitely i can get at least three of the other guys to at least show you what it is because i feel like you should see that thing sure for what it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I do, I do want to see that thing because it yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, I now have a consistent group of about six or seven people that all are like, anytime I'm like, hey, do you want to do this raid in Destiny? They're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Because I took, I, I, I took a group of these people being like, hey, I've done everything. These raids are going away. You guys have never done the raids before. Do you we want me you to them. take you through them? Yeah. I'll take you through them. I'll show you what to do. Because you should see this, because this is like the pinnacle of destiny. Totally, yep. and and we've we've done it. Like we've done all the raids that are leaving, which is the the main goal. Like we've done every raid that is going away, um, and everybody really enjoyed it. Like doing doing all the raids was super fun. It was great. Mm-hmm. Crown of Sorrow was incredible because that last fight is such a clusterfuck that people. It's really hard to get your head around that last fight, but when people get it, you see. It's like most of the time raiding is about like either people don't understand the mechanics and you have to sit and go through it with them and until they get it, or it's about we all get the mechanics. It's just about getting it done right and having the gears mesh. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the core of raiding. But Crown of Sorrow, that last fight is nobody's gears mesh at all at any moment. Even if they get all the mechanics, nobody's gears mesh until everybody's gears mesh right and when when all of the gears mesh it goes super well and everybody thinks it's incredible yep. like the when we got the kill and crown us everybody was like man that was fucking amazing like yep. it's such a good raid and i was like yes this is good like everybody got it and now they're all like when does that new raid come out is like comes out the 21st that's going to be like day one raid opening when like all the crazy people like that have been power leveling and stuff are going to go in for it and um and they're like, oh man, we should try it. And I was like, no, like, there's not a chance we're going to be power level anywhere near to do any of this. I was going to say, like, gonna repeat- when it launches, they're going to be higher level than you'll be able to get to at that point, right? Like, you'll need to get there. Well, the, the, the power levelers and stuff will probably have be pretty sure. close, but they also have, like, a wealth of experience in, like, world first raiding about how to handle this stuff yes. that we don't have. That like oh man we should try it on day one and i was like no we're no we're gonna be nowhere near power level enough so we're just gonna die in the first encounter and it's not gonna be fun and like you don't want to do this trust me you don't want to do this i've tried this you don't want to do it yeah. and they were like oh no we should at least like try the first fight or whatever and i was like right okay i get it like the 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 day day one raiding experience of like nobody knows what the fuck is going on so you have to sit and figure it out together as like a puzzle solving thing yeah yeah that's that's really cool and yep. is a, a totally unique experience that you'll never get in another video game and it's great but you're also going to die in two hits like it is going to be like a proper slog of like you're probably not even going to get far enough in the fight to understand all the mechanics yeah, yeah. and they were like no 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 i think we can do it i think we did it. i was like right okay fine we will try this on day one and we will we will try the first encounter but and I, I, I hate doing this, but I had to pull it out because you have to do this in raiding sometimes. As like, as raid lead for this group, I have, at any moment, I have the ability to say, we are done. And we are not, <laughs> if, if I say we're done, we're not doing any more of it. 
because I am not sitting there for six hours on one fight because we can't beat it because we keep so, dying. Yeah, like totally. that's not. I have absolute veto as as de facto raid leader of these people that have never raided before and I've taken them through the raids. As de facto raid leader, I have a big button that says we're done, and if I hit that button, we leave. Yep. And everybody was like, "Oh yeah, sure, it's fine, it's fine," <laughs> and. It terrifies me because I know we're going to get into that fight and at some point I'm going to have to hit that button and everybody's going to be like, oh no, I think we can do it. And I'm like, no, we definitely can't. We need to just leave and come back to this when the contest modifier is not on. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... I, I don't look forward to that moment. It's going to be interesting because I've not done World First for ages and ages and ages. But sure, sure. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one because I've never done it with like a group of people that I actually know. Totally. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, totally. Um, Doing that from scratch. But it's terrifying. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Um, it's gonna, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think the, the people in the group are like very good and very competent. So I think we can do something. It's just whether or not they are like bullheaded enough to just be like, oh, no, we can just power through. And somebody, like me, that has to be the reasonable one being like, I don't think we can do we're it. We're not going to do we're this. Just gonna die. Like, yeah. We're going to die. We're not going to do this. You have to have someone in your raid group that is able to go like, guys, I think we're not going to do this. Like, yeah, totally. Because ra- raider, raiders will sit and bash their head off a wall for hours and hours and hours. You just need someone to be able to go like, we're not getting anywhere. We just need to leave. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. Cool. So that's going to be fun. 21st um, of November. That's going to be a good oh, one. Jeez. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the stories about that thing because I'm, I'm obviously yeah, not going to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely record back and be like, hey, here's what this first encounter of the raid was like. Yeah. But, but. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about very briefly is uh, a game that I've been following for a while finally came out. Um, the Red Lantern finally came out. It's mm. a game I've been following for a little bit and then it made its appearance again. Uh, I think it was a Nintendo Indies stream or something like that because it's out on Switch as well in the minute. Um, it's out on everything. Um, so that game... Oh, the Husky, the Husky game. The Husky I game. I remember that. So yes. that game is not... They've been. I don't think KG is the, probably the wrong word because that implies that they're deliberately holding stuff back. But they haven't talked a lot about what that game actually is. But I like the look of it, and it had like a narrative. They said it had a narrative focus, and I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's actually see what this thing is. So that game is a. It's like, it's a roguelike, and it's a kind of brutal roguelike, and yeah. it's super interesting. It reminds me a little bit of structurally of. Um, What's the the Fallen London game? Um, Sunless Sea. The Fallen London. Oh yeah, yeah, Sunless Sea and yeah. Sunless Skies. So, yeah. so the setup is that you're um, you the character you play. She was going to become. She was on route to become a doctor and just got disillusioned with everything and went right fuck it all and decided to go move to Alaska to race dogs. Um, and obviously that's the initial setup. Like you get bits and pieces more of her story as as the game unfolds. But like that's her whole thing. She's like, "Fuck all this! I'm gonna go race dogs." And the the, the Red Lantern is from. So I have a friend of mine who follows Husky Racing quite closely, so she knows okay, all of this sure. stuff. Um, she's is like, that like, a thing that people do? Is she's that a, a, she's that... in a she's in a fantasy Husky Racing League, like the same way you. Oh in my fantasy god! Football. What? That's a thing. Yep, hundred percent. Oh my um, god! Can we can we get her on the show and get her talking <laughs> about that? That's fascinating. I'll I'll see what I can do. Um, I want to know, I want to know the ins and outs of a fantasy husky racing league. Right? Like that's that sounds great. That sounds, that mind. sounds almost like baseball level cool. Like right. that. Um, yeah, I was yeah. I was blew my mind when I discovered that was a thing. Um, so she's playing it as well, and I was kind of I was glad because obviously like she was interested in it because she's interested in that stuff. I was also interested in seeing like what her perspective as somebody who knows this stuff like what her perspective on it would be and um, so the red lantern is also like a big race like that's the name of a big race that happens like a really brutal like imagine like the what's the 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 road race that happens over the desert like the really brutal like endurance one. Oh, the the car the car the car something like something that like i can't that. remember i don't know what you mean the one where yeah. everybody's in like crazy uh sand bikes and uh, yeah like, so it's like it's like, it's like that for husky racing apparently but the setup for this is that you are basically doing um you're you have a mentor or you did have a mentor who set you up with like this old um cabin um in alaska where you can go and start to train and the game i don't i'm still very early on so i don't know how much the game unfolds from here but the first chunk of the game that i've i'm doing right now is getting from 
the point where you have to get on the sled to get to this house to set up to start training for the the race. Right. Yeah. Um. So the initial stage of the game, the 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 first thing you have to do is build your team. Right. So you need five five dogs. So you start with dog. You start with the dog, your own dog that you have that you took from home, uh, Chomper, and. <laughs> It's the game's kind. Of, the game's kind of unclear about this, so I'll I'll, ex- I'll say it now for people who are interested. Basically, it will. There are seven stops on your way to Alaska where you can get dogs. Like people have advertised, like, "Hey, there's a dog up for, up for adoption here," and you basically have to choose four of them on the way. But you don't get. You don't just get like a menu of choose four. Like you will go to the first stop, and it will show you. It will. There will be a dog there that you'll you'll get some information about and you can choose whether to take that if you don't choose to take a dog you can't take it next then you can't go back and get it it's like oh okay so if you come across a dog that's like i don't know and you leave it behind you're reducing the amount of options you're going to have later on because if you get to the last thing and you need a dog you take that dog regardless of what it is and then once you've got your team set up that's your like save game with those five dogs and if you want to start Again, you have you choose five new dogs as a new save game. Almost, I don't know how. I don't know if you lose progress or whatever it is. I haven't worked that out yet. But basically, those are your five dogs for your runs, and then you start doing the roguelike part of it, which is basically the, like, I, the idea that you have to do runs with a husky sled. Is yeah. So actually, narratively, unreal. narratively, it's super interesting. So you park car, and it's like from here we need to take the sled, and it's the sled and five dogs, and you are not. Like, you haven't had any training, really. Like, you're just doing this. You're just winging it, basically. Right. Um, you're not a husky sled professional. No, you're this not. is your first time, basically. Um, so it shows you a map. Like, a kind of, it's literally drawn on a napkin, which I think is quite funny, um, to get from, like, start to end. And the, the travel part of it is kind of on rails, almost, um, with forks in the road that you choose where to go left or right. And you basically have to work your way through this area to get to the cabin at the end. And as you're going along, you'll get these encounters, which is kind of the this on the sea um, thing. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. oh, is, are, is it like narrative encounters? Is that the some of them are narrative, some of them are just like literal things. So you're managing resources is the other big part of this game, where you've got food, you've got birch to start fires, you've got med packs, and you've got there's a fourth one which I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, bullets for your gun. Um, And you need to manage those resources to get through, to to basically get through. So like when you cut, when you set up camp to regenerate your stamina, you can, the food you can feed to the dogs. But if you want to eat the food, you need to cook the food or you get cold and cooking the food costs you a birch to start the fire. And then also if you need to, if you sleep, that will consume some of your stamina because you're sleeping to consuming some of the food. So it's all about managing all these resources. And as you sure, get through, yeah. so, so then some of the some of the, the the encounters, example encounters are stuff like, hey, there's a there's an elk out there that you can either hunt or you can just observe or you can like let one of the dogs deal oh, with it to train them. It's, or- it's Oregon Trail. That's what I- it's, yes, it's Oregon Trail, kind of yes. Um, and then some of them, so there's stuff like that. There's, there's, you can obviously hunt the elk, which costs you bullets. Um, there's stuff like, hey, that's a squirrel that the dog sees the squirrel and runs off the road to chase the squirrel, and you have to be like, you have to like, like lambast the dog or be nice to the dog or all this kind of stuff, and and be, um, and you're kind of building up this this kind of team rapport as all these dogs are starting to work together. Um, so then, as you, as you as you go through, uh, and there's stuff to like regenerate some of your resources, and you have to sleep and keep everyone fed and all this kind of stuff. But basically, the way it progresses is as you get, um, there are trail markers along the trail, and as you pass a trail marker, it costs a, one of your teams, your dog team, stamina. And if you cross a trail marker without any stamina, the runs over. Or if you cross a trail mark, or if you do an event, if you do an encounter, sorry, and your stamina is out, the runs over. And narratively, the way they do that is you wake up back in the van to be like, oh, thank fuck, that was a nightmare. Because you, you, you oh, don't just okay. die. It, is, like, it narratively goes in. And because it's a nightmare, they then use all of this. Every time you end, every time a run ends, 
it then goes back and it shows you your journal for all the stuff you've learned not to do. Ah, okay. So it'd be like it's just, it's just kind of like a it's just kind of like a weird uh how would you put it? Like it's kind of like it's almost like a flashback, but it's yes, like a it's flash kind of, forward the, where they like you suddenly flash back. It's kind of like you know what it is? Actually I figured this out. It's like in uh heist movies and that RP game that I can't remember the name of that is about heisting. Yes. Um where the, the, you're in a scene and then a character gets to go all oh, right but i've done this thing oh yeah it, yes. flashes, it totally. flashes back to where they've prepped a thing to do it yeah. it's like that except the thing that you prepping to do it is like a dream of yes. you doing the totally. thing and so ah that's actually cool that's so a really the, cool narrative so, so the real and the really smart thing about it is not only you're filling out your journal of stuff like so like one of the encounters i had last time was there was a we found a bald eagle or saw a bald eagle flying and, was like, and the options are like, oh, look, that's a bald eagle. What do you want to do? Like, And you can just continue on the track or go see it. And you go see the bald eagle. And if you don't hunt it and you just kind of wait and see what it does, the bald eagle is there because it saw a rabbit. And then you can hunt mm. the rabbit. So then mm. you finish the run and it writes in your journal, bald eagles will always be able to take you to prey that you can hunt. So you're like, okay, good. Write that down. I've got that. Good bit of information for the future. Yeah. But the problem is you can't look at your journal while you're doing a run because technically that's in the future and you don't have access to your journal. So you do kind of oh, need to learn right. okay. all of the stuff that's building up in this journal so that when oh, you go into a run you're like, oh, okay. And then the other part of it as well is as you progress and learn things about the run, about the, the trail, it will... You'll eventually get to points as you fill in stuff in the journal. It will go, man, I didn't bring enough bullets. I should bring more bullets. And you'll start the next run with an extra bullet. Or you'll start with more oh, food. Oh. Or you'll start with more birch. And that's the that's the kind of progression of the game. Is like, that's, as you learn your, more stuff... Like, slow, slow increment of power. Yes. You get in, so as, yeah. you, as you progress through the game, as you learn more stuff, your character then goes, man, I am nowhere near prepared. I should bring extra stuff. And you'll bring yeah. more stuff on the next time you do a run. It's a really smart mechanical way of that's taking, interesting. Yeah, that's taking roguelike stuff and putting it narratively into the thing that's there. Also, like super that's, that's, that's cool. That's cool in a um comparison to Hades being the other big roguelike, where yes, totally. they're both taking roguelike mechanics and then focusing them in a narrative perspective, but in different ways. Totally. That's a, that's a cool idea. Yep. Um also it's it's also very difficult. It's like Oh, sure. yeah. you don't have a lot of resources like be prepared to like die quite a lot um but yeah and it, it looks really nice it, it's like it's not the most complicated looking game ever but like it does alaska really nicely like the dogs are super expressive and also the dogs aren't the dogs are named and have personalities so like sure um barclay which is a great name for a dog um, Barclay's a great dog um barclay is and i don't know if this is this changes up depending on like the randomization at the start, but Barclay, for my Barclay anyway, is very, um, like, very ready to get into a fight. So, like, one of the encounters you have sometimes is that there's, um, like, a willful attack, and I'll be, and, it'll, and Barclay will be the first person out of the group to be like, no, stand back, I got this, and Barclay will just go for him and get injured nice. in the process. Um, sometimes. Um, so you've got to be like, Barclay, you should, you should, so, the way it comes out of the game is the wolf will attack, Barclay will then get in there and scare the, the wolf off, but the wolf will get him at one point, which means you then use a med pack to recover Barclay. Um, but if you do, but a different encounter will give you the option to train Barclay to bark before actually attacking. So rather than putting himself in danger, he can use his bark ah, as imposing okay. presence to scare people off rather than actually yeah, putting yeah. himself in danger. So that time round, you can be like, okay, if I do this, that gives me this option and then I can do... So it all kind of starts to tie together in really interesting ways. Um, it's super interesting. It's on everything, I think. It's definitely on... It's on, uh, it's on EG, uh, Epic Games, Xbox, and Switch. I think it's on PlayStation as well. I think it's cool. 13 at the minute because it's on sale. That sounds really interesting. Um, yeah, it's really super cool. interesting. We should, we should probably take is a it look like, at it. Is it like early access or is it... Uh... Nope, it's out. It's out. It's just out. It's out. out. Cool. Yep. Um, um, yeah. So I've, I've, I don't know if you want to go to a music break now or whatever, but I've thought of one more thing I can talk about quickly. Um, let's, just, let's just talk about it and then we just wrap up because I think okay. that's about it. So very, very quickly, the last thing I'll talk about is um, the Apex um, Halloween event 
Because oh, right. yeah, yeah. Because most of the time the uh seasonal events for uh Apex Legends fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and they're they're generally pretty terrible. The la- the only good one was Christmas last year with the train mode. That was really good. But this one oh, yeah. take takes the last Halloween mode, which Uber sucked, was really bad, and actually makes it really fun. So okay. the the mode works by um you jump in with three people and if you die, I you get like actually killed, like finished. Mm-hmm. You come back as a shadow, which has faster run speed, can double jump, quicker climbs, infinite climb, faster clamber speed, and can only melee attack, but melee attacks for like fifty damage. Oh wow! Um, okay, but has but has no armor and very little health. Mm-hmm. So you are like chasing people down essentially, and they can like get rid of you, but you respawn after eight seconds again. Right. Um. The way that it's different from last mode, because the way that it worked last time was if you died, you came back as a zombie and you basically just had to hunt everybody. Like you just then went wild and tried to kill people. And the only way that people won was to get into a drop ship at the end and fly away. But nobody ever did that because at the end it became like 1v1v1v like 47. Right. It was really, it was really, really hard to win at that point. Um, but this mode is different because you drop in groups of three and you only are dead if the last living person on your squad dies. Oh, so, so what, you go out as a team as opposed to individuals? Yeah. Right. So you go out as a team as opposed to individuals. And what actually happens is that the the ghosts, the, the zombies, are tied to the team. So they can like get teammates up and stuff like that. Right. So it, it becomes more about the zombies protecting their one last living guy mm-hmm. as opposed to running out and trying to kill everything so it becomes a lot more tactical of how do you keep your guy safe while also because it's basically like the way the way that we've ended up doing it is like the zombies are out as kind of like forward scouts like running around trying to find people in front and the main living guy is far behind them with like sniper rifles and stuff Mm -hmm. trying to stay as safe as possible so the mode then becomes how do we as zombies get to their living guy before their zombies get to ours mm-hmm. or do we stay back defend our guy against the waves of zombies that are coming at our living guy gotcha. and then hopefully pick up their living guy as they get closer so it becomes way more fun way more interesting and you have an actual chance of like getting out alive and winning because right. you're, you have active friends that can come and help you and protect you and get you up and stuff but the the most fun of it is that they changed how the, the zombie movement dynamics work okay. to where you now move basically like a pilot in Titanfall 2. So you have oh. really big double jumps, really smooth wall runs, slides for ages, really high clambers. And Man, it, feels, I'm just, it feels amazing to be a zombie. Like I've just thought so of the, I- fun now. the idea of zombies wall running just is really yeah, it's terrifying fucking, it's fucking terrifying because you think you're in a safe place and then someone clambers right in front of you it's oh, it's incredible wow. and like you're you're watching people like run do the like the the titanfall thing of like chain wall running to get to people and stuff like that yeah. it's unreal and it's huh. so much fun to sit and feel off especially if you've played titanfall and you like kind of know the the movement quirks in that yeah, system yeah. it it's great it's <laughs> so much fun um so like like it doesn't feel bad to die anymore because it used to be really boring now it's super fun and there is this like dynamic of push and pull um but yeah it's really really cool so i i recommend people play it while it's up because it's great um yeah the the one bit the one bit of news i did see was that um that's coming to steam in november so i can finally uh, yeah so i can finally uninstall origin (laughs) because the only thing i still have that for yeah that's fair um cool so that's everything uh what we've got coming up the watch dogs is watch dogs is next week thursday um, friday thursday or friday 19th so i think that's 19th. thursday um, um so yeah we'll be we'll be getting into that before next time yeah um i also i also strangely enough um what the golf came out on steam i have that i got that from a humble bundle we should oh no wait no no, so we we've Wrong already game. done a video on it. Wrong like game. That. I was um, thinking of but, Golf with Friends, which is a different game. Oh right, okay, yeah, it's a different game. No, no, this was we've done a video of Walter yes. Golf on the site. Yes, um, it was something I always meant to get round to playing because it seemed really funny and entertaining. Yes. But it came out on Steam and it was on sale for like a tenner. So it's like, oh, I'll pick that up. So I will, I will play Walter Golf. And you will like, like oh. that game. And, you yeah. will like that game. 
So um, the small event that I saw in the video was really cool, so I'm excited yeah. to see the rest of it. Um, um, the other thing as well, I'm going to try, well, we'll see if it gets to watch, if I want to play some before Watch Dogs comes out, but um, I talked to you offline about this, but um, there's a game called Death Come True, which appeared on Steam as a demo for, on the during the, the autumn sale, or the autumn um, showcase. Which is a FMV game from the Danganronpa developer. Oh, that yeah, yeah, the guy. That, I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That demo was actually really good. Like it was cheesy is the wrong word. It was it had a good, it had a really good tone to it of like, um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, Kazutaka. Oh, how do you pronounce it? Kazutaka Kokada right. is the game. The game designer he worked for Spike Chunsoft when they made the three core Danganronpa games. Right. And it's also got the composer, uh, Masafumi Takada, who oh, is also cool. very good. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's those two guys working again. So yeah. that, it's, it's, if anything, it'll probably be fucking crazy if it's yeah. anything like Danganronpa. It, it already so, seemed, yeah, it's, it's very much like a, a, it's, you wake up in a hotel room with no memory and also the news report is saying that you're a serial killer. So. Great. Yeah. yeah. And there's some really good, like the, the demo had introduced a couple of characters and they seem, that seems cool. And it seemed, it was, I think it was relatively cheap. So I, I might check that out for a, for an evening, see what that is like. Um, yeah, that's, that, that might be interesting. That's... Yeah, but it'll, it'll be mainly be Watch Dogs probably. Um, side yeah, stuff, probably. the other side video is going up this week. I just never got around to actually finishing it. Oh, um, it's on, it's uploaded. I just need to finish it off and it'll go up some point this week. Um, we should try and record some stuff as well just before Watch Dogs sure. hits um, but yeah I think that's everything uh, GameManagerStart.com is the name of the website you can find all of our articles videos and podcasts are up there we are on YouTube.com slash GameManagerStart if you subscribe there you'll be notified when we put new videos up um, we are on Facebook and Twitter if you search GameManagerStart you'll find us there podcast at GameManagerStart.com is the email address and that's us stay safe enjoy whatever you're playing and we will see you in two weeks goodbye bye